All right, get this and get it straight. Crime is a sucker's road, and those who travel it wind up in the gutter, the prison, or the grave. There's no other end, but they never learn. From the pen of Raymond Chandler, outstanding author of crime fiction, comes his most famous character in... The Adventures of Philip Marlowe. And now, we bring you tonight's transcribed story, The Medium Was Rare. Let me out of here. I gotta get away. This is the time. The time when all I can think about is trout streams, trails through tall mountains where every man is a hop-along Cassidy. I was sitting in my favorite restaurant telling Mary, my favorite hash slinger, all about it. Oh, it all sounds so wonderful, Phil. Yeah, but that's not the half of it. The waterfall's so high, it seems the cascade comes from heaven itself. Going alone, Phil? You bet your sweet life I'm going alone. In the words of the poet... I'm going to commune with nature. Well, baby, I'm the most natural thing you ever saw. (laughs) Darling, you're beautiful. Your charms are many. But you want me to be honest? Yeah. You don't compare to a trout. Why, you (laughs) warm? Don't get mad, baby. It's the season. Season or not, I don't like being compared to a fish. Oh, not a fish, baby. The queen of them all, a mountain trout. Did you ever hear of the Feather River country, Mary? If it's outside of Los Angeles County, I've never been there. It's in Northern California, the northern fringe of the Mother Lode. Well, here, here's your coffee, Mother Who. <laughs> hey, you know something? If I start right now, I can make it before morning. Yeah, a quick cup of coffee, huh, doll? Yeah, I'll drop everything. Yeah. Well, if it ain't the clean living side. How you doing, Marlo? How you, Cookie? I thought they had you stashed away. Uh, not no more. I got paroled last week. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. It was a bum rap. Yeah, it sure was if you're out this soon. Uh, anything else? Yeah. When do you get off? Ah, uh, a lot later than you do, because you're getting off right now. Touche, uh, girl. Uh, what does that mean? That's French for I'm on your team. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, dang. You try to say something nice to him, and where does it get you? Uh, yeah, well, I got to go, Cookie. I'm sorry to see you. Hey, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I'll go with you. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Oh, yeah, you bet, Phil, and hey, give my regards to the fish. <laughs> I'll leave you a nickel, doll. You better keep it. The other buffalo will miss you. Wow. You gotta face it, Cookie. She's crazy about you. Yeah, thanks, so. No. Uh, well, my car's in the lot here. I'm in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, well, 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 mine's in the lot, too. Uh, hey, listen, Marlo. I was just wondering. Get around. You got any ideas what Chisano is? Chisano? Yeah. Don't you know any decent people? Well, hey, Chisano's my pal. He's as decent as I am. <laughs> you made the point, Cookie. Uh... Seems to me there was some talk that he had something to do with you taking the rap in the first place, huh? Hey, no, listen. You don't think I'm trying to find him to knock him off or anything like that, do you? Could be. You're about that bright. But it really doesn't matter. I don't know where he is, and I don't care. 
I don't want to know where you are either. Well, that suits me good. Good. Only I don't know what you're so kissed off about. I've done nothing to you. Nita Gisano. You make my taxes higher. Yeah, how? <laughs> Never mind. You kill me, Marlo. You talk about taxes. How'd you like to pay taxes on this job? Is this your heat? Yeah, it's one of them foreign things. Right hand drive. And baby blue, yes. It matches my eyes. <laughs> so, what did you do at San Quentin? Did you learn a trade? Sure, and a good one, too. You decent people go right on paying taxes, Marlo. Us third-rate punks will get along. Well, I watched Cookie's baby blue convertible cut out into the traffic. I got in my own car and drove away in the opposite direction. Yeah, Cookie cinched it. I was going to knock off for a while and head for the Feather River country. Well, by the time I reached my apartment, I could almost smell the pine trees. While I tossed a few things into a bag, I saw myself, every inch, a modern Isaac Walton. Oh, no. You're Philip Marlowe. That's right. Oh, well, I am so glad you're here. I, I've been calling you. I'm, I'm Lillian Collins. Are you? Uh, well, um... Well, I told Pat not to wait. Who's Pat? Oh, the taxi driver. Oh, him. Well, may I come in? Well, yeah, I guess so. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're packing. Or, or are you unpacking? Any other time, I would ask what you had in mind. But not today. I'm packing. I'm going to the Feather River country. Oh, oh but, but you can't. What? Oh, well, you can't be going anywhere. I, I need your help, Mr. Marlowe. I really do, desperately. Yeah, well, I just thought I'd take a few days off. Oh, well, of course I'll pay you whatever's customary. I, I just don't know where to turn, and, and somehow we've just got to locate them quickly. Well, Leonard should be home within a now, week. Now, wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Sit down, Mrs. Uh, Collins, is it? Yes, Lillian. Okay. Well, Leonard's my husband, and he's back east on business. But just what do we have to locate quickly? Well, my jewelry. It was stolen last night. Oh, well, uh, well, stolen jewelry's kind of out of my line of work, Mrs. Collins. That's a police job. Oh, no. Well, that is it. Oh, it can't be. Why? Well, well, I thought about the police right away, of course, but, but I can't call them. Well, Leonard would hear about it, I know, and... And it would be in the papers, and, oh, you understand, don't you? No, I don't understand. <laughs> well, well, I just couldn't, that's all. Mrs. Collins, right now, I like fishing poles better than I like people. Oh, but you, but you can't go. I, I mean, well, you can, of course, but, but I need your help so much. Why can't I resist dames? All right, but you have to level with me. What jewelry? When did it happen? Who knew you had it? Everything. Well, well, it was a necklace, diamond. Okay. And a diamond bracelet. Well, I had them in my jewel box last night. I'd only just taken them out from our safe deposit box in the afternoon. And who knew you took them out? Why, no one. No one knew. Mm-hmm. And how did it happen? I mean, the robbery. Well... 
I was in my bedroom. That's where the jewel box was. Okay. And I was dressing for dinner. Well, the doorbell rang, and I had to answer because Liddy's on vacation now that Mr. Collins is in the East. Um, it was Sylvia, a friend of mine. Well, we were to have dinner together. I, I fixed a drink for us and then went back to my bedroom for my wrap. Well, that's when I noticed the jewelry was missing. And you hadn't heard anything, anyone in the house at all? Well, no. Hmm. Well, of course, the radio was on music, you know. Mm-hmm. So how would anyone get into the bedroom? Well, the French doors open onto a little terrace right by the bedroom. I rather presumed whoever it was came in that way. Well, how much would you say this jewelry was worth? Well, $10,000. Oh. Well, well, that's what it's insured for. Was there anything else taken? No, not a thing. Do you wear this necklace and bracelet often? Oh, well, no, not really. When Leonard gave them to me, he said they were for state occasions. Oh, so last night was a state occasion. Oh, my goodness, no. (laughs) Well, that is, it didn't seem like a... If you didn't intend to wear them last night, why did you take them out of the safe deposit box? Well, I I suppose you'll have to know. I, I needed the money, Mr. Marlowe. Well, I have a debt that Leonard knows nothing about. Well, if I wrote a check for $10,000, I think he might notice. I don't blame him. Well, there's just no need worrying him with it, that's all. So he doesn't know you gamble, right? I didn't say I gamble. <laughs> you didn't have to. Have you ever pawned anything before, Mrs. Collins? No. No, I haven't. Well, I got news for you. You probably couldn't get ten grand for them. Oh, but if they're insured... Well, that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That is unless you made a deal to have them stolen so you could get the insurance money. Oh, really, Mr. Marlowe? Really, Mrs. Collins. Okay, let's drive out to your place and have a look around. Yeah, these doors have been jimmied, all right. Didn't it bother you to stay here last night after it happened? Oh, I didn't. I stayed with Sylvia in Westwood. And you told her about the robbery? Well, no, no, I I didn't. I I started to, but then I... Well, I was afraid I'd have to tell her too much. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you stay there last night and then come over to my apartment by cab this morning? Well, I came here first, and then to your apartment. Well, I wanted to be sure that nothing else was missing. And then I decided to get in touch with you and had Pat drive me over. Uh, that's the taxi driver. Oh, well, he's practically my chauffeur. His stand is right out in front of our building here. I'm one of those native-born New Yorkers who never learned to drive. Mrs. Collins. Yes? Are you sure you're telling me everything you know about this? Oh, believe me, I am, Mr. Marlowe. Why, it would be so stupid of me not to. Yes, it would. Well, I've just got to have that jewelry back before Leonard comes home. Oh, he'll never understand the gambling and all. I... He's gone so much, and, and we have no children. There just... There just wasn't anything else to do. Can you understand that, Mr. Marlowe? No. But I'll try, Mrs. Collins. I'll try. 
Well, there was something tragic about her. A woman of means and advantage, who was husbandless part of the time and childless all the time. I suppose that isn't an easy life. But surely there must be other ways to fill the emptiness. Well, Lily unpacked a small bag and asked me to drive her to Sylvia's. As we walked towards my car, a grinning taxi driver leaned out of his cab. Hey, take you somewhere, Mrs. Collins? Oh, not this time. Thanks, Pat. I'm freeloading. Okay, uh, but don't make a habit of it. I gotta make a living, you know. Oh, I know. See you later, Pat. See ya. He's awfully nice, Mr. Marlowe. Yeah, he seems to be. So, tell me about your friend Sylvia. Oh, well, there's not really much to tell. She's a nice person, a widow. Oh, she just lives a walk so from here. Um, turn on to Wilshire, uh, to your left. Oh, okay. Tell me, does Sylvia have money? Well, I guess so. She seems to, anyway. Has a lovely apartment, a nice car. All the symbols, anyway. Well, why? I just wonder. Oh, uh, by the way, if you don't want her to know that you've hired me, maybe you better tell her I'm a business friend of your husband's. Just drop by as you were leaving the house, or, or, or something like that. Oh, oh yes. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, it's in this block, that big green apartment building on the right. Oh, oh okay. Hmm. That's, uh, that's funny. Is it? Yeah. Oh, here's the parking place. wonder what Cookie's doing around here. A friend of yours? Oh, no, no, no. No, not possibly. That car parked there, foreign job, baby blue. It's cookies, all right. Well, Sylvia's, Sylvia's apartment is the first one on this side. Now, you really don't have to come in, Mr. Marlowe. The name's Murphy, remember? An old friend of your husband's? Oh, yes, yes, that's right. I'll come in to carry your bag and to meet Sylvia. I'm, I'm uh, very partial to wealthy widows. Really, Mr. Muller, do you think you will find my jewelry? Well, I've got one idea so far, Mrs. Collins, and if that doesn't work, uh, well, just leave it up to me, huh? Yes, yes, of course. Oh, oh, here we are. Oh, Lil, darling, I'm so glad you're back. Oh, oh, hello. Hello. Oh, oh, Sylvia, this is Mr. Uh, Murphy. Murphy. Yes, yes, of course, Mr. Murphy. Sylvia Jennings. How do you do, Mr. Murphy? How are you? Well, come in, come in, both of you. I was just getting ready for a swim. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Maybe I could scare up a pair of trunks for you, Mr. Murphy. Oh, oh, thanks. No, no, no. I've got to run along. I just stopped by Mrs. Collins looking for her husband. Oh, oh, Mr. Murphy, he's he's from out of town, and, and uh, oh, oh, no, let it for years and years, and I was all packed and ready to come over here, so... Uh, so I brought her. <laughs> yes, yes, that's it. Well, you know, you don't have to explain anything to me. As a matter of fact, I can go down to the pool alone, and you two can stay here and uh, talk about old times. Oh, why, Sylvia. <laughs> oh, 
Relax, Lil, and forgive me, Mr. Murphy. I've told stories like that myself so many times, I know them by heart. I bet you do at that. You know I do. (laughs) (laughs) What? Now, I just won't have you thinking that, Sue. Oh, now, don't be silly, darling. It's not important. Well, it is important to me. Oh, hey, uh, wait just a minute. Hold it. Uh, Let's you both go down to the pool and talk it over, right? I really have some business to attend to. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah, well, let's just keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, will we be hearing from you about anything? Or, or, or anything, you know? Uh, sure. Sure you will. About, about anything. <laughs> Now, about that Sylvia. Well, the case was beginning to have its compensations. But I didn't figure Lillian Collins at all. Sometimes I thought she lied through her teeth, and sometimes I knew she was just a bewildered dame who just had her jewels lifted. I passed Cookie's car again, but still no sign of him. I had told Lillian I have one idea, and he was still at the taxi stand in front of her apartment. Are you really still at Marlowe? Yeah, I really am. You need proof? No, no, that's okay. Mrs. Collins wouldn't have been with you if you weren't the right guy. Uh, you say I can help, huh? Yeah, maybe so. Now, look, you drive her almost everywhere she goes. So how about telling me just where she goes? Well, you know, regulation places. Sags, Magnums, places for lunch, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, this morning I took her over to a Hollywood address. Uh, that was me. Oh, <laughs> well, oh, hey, there is one place she goes. Oh, a couple of times a week for the last three or four weeks. A, a place on top of one of the hills up off of Coldwater Canyon. Friend of hers? Well, maybe. She usually asks me to wait, though. Between uh, 15 minutes and a half hour. That's about all the longer she stays. And when was the last time you took her there? Let me see. Uh, day before yesterday, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was the day before yesterday. Well, I followed Pat's instructions through every devious curve to the top of Coldwater Canyon. The thing that interested me most was not what was ahead, but what, or who, was behind me in the big expensive car. The sun was hitting the windshield just right to obscure the driver. I slowed at the isolated address, noticed another big car parked in front. When I stopped, the car behind me stopped. A well-dressed woman got out and went into the house, and as she did, she passed another well-dressed woman coming out. It looked like a change of shifts. As she drove away, I got out of the car and went up to the door. Someone, somewhere, was watching me. I could feel it. You, uh, 
come in, please? Yeah, thanks. <clears throat> May I inquire, sir, who referred you here? I have to have a reference. Madame must insist on references, sir. Oh, she insists, does she? Well, yeah, um, I'm a friend of Mrs. Collins. Lillian Collins. Oh, yes, yes. Mrs. Collins. Yeah. You will follow me, then. Madame will see you now. More to the point. I will see Madame. Well, I followed the Peter Lorre character down a darkened hallway. As far as I could tell, there was no door ahead. It looked like a blind alley. Even in the darkness, I sensed that someone could see me. I didn't have long to think about it. Just when we reached what looked like an impasse, the little man ahead of me pulled some heavy drapes aside and nodded for me to enter. I walked into a room that was heavily draped on all sides, pungent with the smell of incense. And studying me from across the room, a Grecian-robed woman seated beside, so help me, a crystal ball. You will come in, please, and be seated. Yeah, I will. Uh, you see, I... Hush! Huh? You will remain silent. It is so necessary, your silence. Bruno, you will go. Of course, madame. Hey, they're very clever, those drapes. When they're closed, you can't tell where the door is. I must insist. Your silence is very important. Ah. Uh. You are in need of help. Much help. We would not be here. Yeah, well, you could say that, yeah. You make it very difficult for me to see what is in store for you. The crystal is cloudy. It's very cloudy. Well, quit breathing on it. Please! Oh, excuse me. Now, you are seeking something. Probing. Searching out. And this is not a good thing. Some things one must not pursue. I regret to say, for you, I see much trouble. Much trouble and death. You are in need of rest. Rest, my friend. Rest and sleep. A long sleep. Bruno will help you. Bruno will help you to sleep. Sweet dreams. In just a moment, we will return to the second act of Philip Marlowe. But first, through the years, Red Cross has helped the victims of disaster brought comfort to servicemen in camps and hospitals, and to their families. Today, with the country rising to meet the challenge of aggression, the Red Cross has been asked by the government to undertake tremendous tasks. By giving generously to the Red Cross, 
you will help mobilize for the defense of your families, your community, and the nation. Give as much as you can. And now, the second act of Philip Marlowe. And tonight's story, The Medium Was Rare. The Madame's prediction was suffocatingly accurate. Bruno helped me sleep all right, with a strong assist from a sponge full of ether. My watch said it was two hours later when I came out of the anesthetic, a long way from the house on top of Coldwater Canyon. I was in my own car, parked on a strand of beach just north of Santa Monica. Ten minutes and a blast of bourbon later, I entered Sylvia Jennings' apartment again. This time, there was no sign of Cookie's baby blue car. I don't think Lillian will be long. She remembered some shopping she had to do. Oh, did she? You don't look as if you feel very well, Mr. Marlowe. Oh, I feel just fine. I woke up from a long sleep. <laughs> and by the way, Mrs. Jennings, you really shouldn't call me Mr. Marlowe. Oh, oh, yes. Now, where on earth do you suppose I got the name Marlowe? I really wouldn't know. Okay, where's Lillian, huh? I told you, she went shopping. Without her purse? Well, what do you mean? That blue bag there. She was carrying it when I brought her here. Now, isn't that odd? Yes, isn't it? Oh, uh, the door. Will you excuse me? Sure. Yes? No, uh, I want to say Cesaro. Cesaro? Why, uh, you must be mistaken. There's no one here by that name. Uh, he was here, doll. I seen him. Wait. So I'll just wait for it. No, you can't come in here. Well, Cookie, hello. Hey, what is this, Marlo? It's one of those happy coincidences, Cookie. For the first time in my life, I'm glad to see you. Oh, close the door, Mrs. Jennings. Make yourself at home. I, uh, I'm afraid I don't understand this, Mr. Marlowe. Yeah, well, I was afraid I wouldn't for a while, but stick around. I think things are going to clear up in a hurry. Listen, Marlowe, what's the pitch here? You know this thing? Not as well as I'm going to. You sure you saw Chisano here, Cookie? Uh, I'm sure. He leave here about an hour ago with another dame. Listen, you. Keep quiet. Brunette, Cookie? Blue and white dress? Yeah. She didn't seem too happy about going with Chisano. Did you tell him? Well, sure. To a house at the top of Coldwater Canyon. That's fine, Cookie. Then what happened? <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. I'm all set to move in and talk to Chisano when some jerk jumps me and stuffs my face full of a spongy thing. It was loaded. And you passed out? Uh, yeah, for a while. And when I wake up, I'm sitting in my car, big as you please, down at the bottom of the canyon. Well, I figured Chisano started from here, he'd be coming back. So I come back. <laughs> and here you are. Interesting story, isn't it, Mrs. Jennings? None of it's true. Of course not. How'd you get a line on Chisano, Cookie? Ah, this talking town, he's got a new racket. It's got something to do with the rich doll. <laughs> you know who this dame is? Tell me. Ah, she's right out of the blue book. That's who. Oh, I don't figure her with Chisano, except I, I, I gotta believe what I see. Yeah, Cookie, me too. Then maybe you two will believe this gun if oh. you see it. What? Stay where you are and keep the hands up. I knew I'd get to know you better, Mrs. Jennings. 
Stop me if I'm wrong. You set up suckers, wealthy females. Con them into visiting Madame, who tells fortunes based on what you've told her. You're crazy, and you're no, you're in no position to talk. Maybe then Madame predicts some trouble for him, huh? Warns them of dangers ahead. Shut up. Like maybe your jewelry isn't safe where it is. Take it out of the bank. Keep it at home where you can watch it, Lillian. And then when the poor stoop does that, you come in the front door and Jezano goes in the back to cop the jewels. I said shut up. Hey, Marlowe, you think that's the deal? I think that's the deal, oh, Cookie. Ow! Don't! Please! Oh! It breaks my arm! Only if I have to, baby. Oh! Get the gun! Oh. Yeah, sure! Ow! And bring Mrs. Jennings along, Cookie. The three of us are going to have our fortunes told. that, Chisano. What a sweet deal he's got. Well, I didn't figure him for so smart. Yeah, he's a big brain, all right. And wait till he hears we're cutting in on him, sharing the tape. Huh? Well, this way everybody makes dough. Me, you, Chisano, even the little doll here. Leave me alone. Easy does it, Cookie. Yeah, you're pretty smart yourself. How'd you figure I was going to make a business deal with Chisano? You're no chop, Marlowe. I got every Seamus bigot. You're all looking for that one big sweet deal like Chisano's got to move in on. Uh, it's natural. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Chisano will never go for it. He's got no choice, doll. Oh, hey, watch it, Marlowe. There's a geek in a prowl car ahead of you. Yeah, I've been watching him. Where's Mrs. Jennings' gun at, Cookie? Uh, right here. Why? Give it to me a minute, huh? Uh, you ain't gonna plug him. Come on, come on. Give it to me. Uh, okay, but I don't get you. Thanks. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, what? You hit him. Yeah, and that's not all. What are you doing? You ran right into that police car. That's the way I played it, honey. Hey, that wasn't very bright. Oh. Oh, Mr. Marlowe. I got a couple of customers for you, officer, and I had to move quick. Why, sure, sure, but, uh... Oh, oh, no, you don't. Oh, yes, we do. The lively one here's got a racket. I'll tell you about it later. You! Cookie over there wants to see his parole officer. You, uh, you, uh, want me to take him in? I sure do, and tell your brethren to come to 6956 Canyon Remit. At the top of Coldwater Canyon, right away, with their muskets loaded. Well, the house at the top of the canyon had that empty look that only occupied houses can have. Cookie had tipped his hand just in time. I was actually better off traveling light. I knew I'd have no trouble getting in. Cesano was uh, probably expecting me. And I was so right. You're late, Marlowe. Yeah, well, some days it takes me longer to come out of ether than others. <laughs> you must have done a good job, Bruno. I always try, Mr. Chisano. <laughs> oh, believe me, Chisano. He's earned a promotion. Get the business over there. Well, madame. I didn't recognize you without your crystal ball. Never mind that, Marlowe. Okay, I won't. Where's Lillian? Uh, she's, uh, she's resting. Uh, look, Chisano, 
Your nasty little racket here is one thing, but kidnapping is another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and murder is something else again. You forced us, Mr. Marlowe. I warned you not to probe. Chisana, listen, I'm not kidding. If you've done anything to Lillian, I'll take you. She's perfectly safe. She's not been harmed yet. That's right. Not yet. And she better not be. She, uh... Oh, hey, there you are, Lillian. What? She can't be. <laughs> oh, there's nobody there. <laughs> it's an old gag, Chazano. Gives me a chance at my gun. Now, the three of you stand over there by the window. Now, look, Marlo. No, you look. You and Bruno and Madame take a good look out the window and let me know when the law arrives. You know, Madame, even without your crystal ball, I can see trouble for you. Much trouble. Lillian had been given the ether treatment, too. We found her when the police arrived. She was okay, just thoroughly frightened. She wasn't all we found when we searched the place. Chisano hadn't fenced the jewelry as fast as he stole it. And the parade of women who came to claim it all later on read like the social register. Ah, the social register. The elite. The 400. Yeah, well, I know a place where 400 give way to 4,000 luscious, lovely mountain trouts. The forest primeval. The murmuring pines. And the... You know what? I don't think I'm going to make it. The Adventures of Philip Marlowe, bringing you Raymond Chandler's most famous character, be sure to listen again next week at the same time when Philip Marlowe says, This time strange sounds came from the bungalow court. Or did they? An old woman thought so, but she had quite an imagination. A crack in the wall held a secret, a couple of guys held guns, and a nice guy held on for dear life. Society in Philadelphia and Screenline Journalism in New York, which brings us to the office of Mr. Kidd, owner and editor of Spy Magazine. Miss Embry, you'll take your camera, of course. Uh, Connor, you'll take your own special talents. Where? Yeah, what's the deal? Your assignment will be Spy's most sensational achievement, Tracy Lords. <laughs> Tracy Lords? Big game hunting in Africa, fox hunting in Pennsylvania, married on impulse and divorced in rage. 
and always unapproachable by the press. The unapproachable Miss Lords. Now look here. If you think for a moment. The Philadelphia story. Closed with the portals of snobbish fox hunting. Uh, no, 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 no way. No Hunter of Foxes is Spy Magazine. Uh, nevertheless, presented for the first time, quote, a wedding day inside mainline society. <laughs> or what the kitchen maid saw through the keyhole, unquote. You're the writer, Connor. I'm only the publisher. All right, publisher. Take this. Quote, no hunter of buckshot in the rear is cagey, crafty Connor. Unquote. Close paragraph. Close job. Close bank account. Look, Mr. Kidd, how could we even get inside the estate, let alone mm -hmm. into the house? No, it's been arranged. Miss Wallace? Yes, sir. Cindy Mann, please. Now, Liz, wait just a minute. We won't do it. It's degrading, demeaning, undignified. Always an empty stomach. Now just relax. We'll have to just... Hello. Who are you? Connor, this gentleman has been employed in our bonus Aries office. I believe he can help us. How? Well, Tracy Lord's brother, Junius, is in the American embassy down there and an old friend of this gentleman. He'll introduce you to the family as an intimate friend of Junius. Uh -huh. Dear old Junius. Mm hmm. Hmm. Well, does Tracy Lord even know this guy? Oh, yes. Yes, you might say Tracy and I grew up together. You might also say you're C.K. Dexterhaven and you were Tracy Lord's first husband. Yes, you might. Holy moly, what's going on here? Oh, I remember that honeymoon very well, Mr. Dexterhaven. <laughs> you and she in a little sailboat. The true love, wasn't it? That's right. And how did you know? I was the one photographer whose camera you didn't smash. Oh. You were terribly nice about it. Just threw it in the ocean. Yeah, one of those, huh? Well, that's right. I rather thought our honeymoon was our own business. Incidentally, he paid for all the cameras, Mike. I got a sweet little letter of apology, yep. too. Oh, really? Oh, what a, a real gentleman, huh? I wouldn't count on that. Now then, what are the plans? The wedding is Saturday. This is Thursday. They should spend tomorrow night as guests of the Lord's. Yes. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold everything. There's something screwy here. Now, if if he's resigned, why is he doing this? And, uh, um, uh, oh. Oh, I get it now, mister. You want to get even with your ex-bride. Well, as... One gentleman to another, that may be exactly what I want. Hmm. I'll have a car pick you up in North Philadelphia tomorrow noon. Good day. Well, how do you like that? He walks out on us just as though we were hardly... A handkerchief, Mike. There's a little spit in your eye. It shows. <laughs> wedding present. Donna, dear, it's an omelette dish. This was... It stinks. Oh, oh, darling, don't say stinks. Now, if necessary, smells, but only if absolutely necessary. Mother, if I ever finish writing down 
Oh, this lamp isn't it awful. Well, here. Let me see that card. Oh, here's friends of your father's. Wouldn't you know? What are they? Tap dancers are just musical comedy producers. Oh, Tracy, that's hardly fair to your father's interest in the arts. The arts? The arts of putting up a fortune to display the shapely legs oh, of... Oh, now, Tracy, please. Well, I'm certainly glad George isn't like that. Mother, isn't George an angel? Yes, George is an angel. Oh, is he handsome or is he not? Yes, George is handsome. I like Dexter. Really? Then why don't you stop the wedding? How? Get smallpox. Oh, please. Now, don't give her any ideas, Tracy. Now, Dinah? Oh, gee, Tracy, you're always so mean about Dexter. Well, darling, he was rather mean to her. Did he really sock her? Dinah! Really, Mother, if I don't choke her before Saturday. That would stop the wedding, wouldn't it? It would not, and you're supposed to be riding, young lady. Oh, yes, Dinah, they must be waiting at the stables. All right, all right. Mother? Yes, dear? How do you get smallpox? Oh. Dinah, please, just go. Oh, I'm going, I'm going. Now then, Tracy, let's get those lists finished. Mother! Mother! That whistle! Dexter! Dexter, you're back! Oh, Dinah, my dream girl, my own true love. Oh, no, it's Cut Bay. He wouldn't dare. Mother, mother, look who's here. It's Dexter! Uh, well, hello. Dexter Haven, you go right back where you came from. I can't. Dinah said it's too awful here without me. Redhead, if you don't look in the pink. Much too nice for George. If you think you can walk in here and just... Oh, Dexter, tell me, how is Junius? Oh, Junius is fine. Heartbroken, of course, not to be here for the wedding. I suggested representing him as the Dexter, best man, but... I appreciate your offer, but I'm afraid George would prefer to have his best man... Oh, uh, yes, yes. Uh, well, I'm sure you'll like the people Junius did send. People? Yes. That Junius sent? Yes, yes. Miss Embry and Mr. Connor. Uh, they're waiting for you now in the South Parlor. You really ought to tell them what rooms they're to have. Dexter, have you switched from liquor to dope by any chance? Well, it was Junius's idea, you see. Uh, they've been terribly nice to him, and when they said they were coming to Philadelphia, why... Uh... Dexter Haven, you're lying, I can always tell. <laughs> can you, Red? Yes. You have a habit of... Hmm? Just a minute now. You went to work after the divorce, didn't you? Well, not right after. First, I tested several hundred bottles of bourbon. But after that, after that... You took a job in South America. Who yes. for? A magazine. And it wasn't by any chance spy magazine, was it? Oh, you're just a mass of intuition. And I don't suppose Junius's friends are photographers by any chance? Uh, well, not exactly by chance. I thought you were low, Dexter, but I never thought you... Oh, oh you're slipping red. I used to be afraid of that look. The withering glance of the goddess. I didn't think that alcohol would destroy your last shred of decency so soon. Dexter, I ought to... Oh. Tracy, please. Dinah? Mother, not yet. Uh, come along, dear. You're late for your ride. But, Mother, maybe he's going to sock her again. <sighs> Dexter, I'll have no argument about this. 
I want those people out of here and you too. Yes, Your Majesty. But first, uh, could I interest you in some small blackmail? No, you... What? Yes, uh, here you are. Galley proofs an article complete with insinuation, uh, snapshots, and details ready for publication in Spy. About your father and that dancer in New York. Father? And Tina Mara? Yeah, yeah. But they can't, they can't publish this. It's got to be stopped. Well, it is stopped temporarily. If you will allow Mr. Connor and Miss Embry to turn in a story on your wedding. And when Mr. Kidd says story, he means story. I'm going to be sick. Yes, dear. An intimate day with a society bride. I am sick. That's too bad. Uh, well, uh, they're in the South Parlor, Your Majesty. Shall I conduct you in? Don't bother, please. I'm sure I know the way. <laughs> I'm Tracy Lord, so I, I suppose you know that, and any friend of Junius's is a friend of... Oh, so nice having you with us. We're happy to be here. It's a real pleasure. Well, it's too bad that Junius couldn't be here. At least one male member of the Where's family... your father? Darling Papa, I do hope you'll stay for my wedding. Yes, we'd like to. Yeah, it's more or less the idea. Well, the house is rather a mess, of course, but we'll try to make it as comfortable as... Oh, my, what a cunning little camera. I, uh... I take pictures with it. <laughs> well, I hope you'll take Lowe's. Dear Papa and Mama aren't allowing reporters in, except for Mr. Little Grace, who does the social news. Mr. Connor, mm -hmm. can you imagine a man sinking so low? Mm, no, I, it does seem pretty bad. <laughs> well, you're sort of a writer, aren't you, Mr. Connor? Uh, well, sort of. A book? Uh-huh. Under what name do you publish? My own, Macaulay Connor. Just try and call me that. <laughs> I won't. Um, what's the Macaulay for? My father taught English history. I'm, uh, I'm Mike to my friends. Of whom you'll have many, I'm sure. English history. It's always fascinated me, Cromwell, Robin Hood, Jack the Ripper. What did he teach? I mean your father. In a high school in South Bend, Indiana. South Bend. It sounds like dancing, doesn't it? And this is your first visit to Philadelphia, a quaint old place, don't you think? Hot customs and such, where the scrapples eat biddles on Sunday, but then you're still quite young. Uh, well, I, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm 30. Really? Then one book isn't much for a man of 30. Hey. Well, I don't mean to criticize, but you probably have other interests outside of your work. Well, no, 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 unless, uh... Oh, how uh, sweet are you two going together? Well, sort of. Engaged, I presume? No, no. But very much in love. Well, isn't that a little personal? Well, is it? It's so very interesting, Miss Embry. Miss Embry, if a man says he loves a girl, don't you think he ought to marry her? Hey, now, just Please, Mr. Connor, I ask Miss Embry a question. Well, it depends. I'm very disappointed, Miss Embry. I've been very frank with you. However, I'll send the butler to show you to your room. You'll join us at the pool, I do hope. Well, wow. <laughs> That's what I say. Who's interviewing whom? Steady, old girl. Don't let it throw you. Uh, you want to take over? I want to go home. But uh, since I'm on the job, I... I guess I'll settle for the swimming pool. <laughs>
And then she came out, and he wandered in, and they were working. Oh, hello. Oh, Mr. Connor. Yes, you said to uh, come down here? I didn't mean to interrupt your reading. Nothing important, I hope. You bet it's very important. It's your book. Mm -hmm. uh, oh? Oh. Ah, I didn't know you had it. Well, I didn't. I sent to the library for it. Hmm. Ah, I see. Well, uh, you like it? I like it very much. Especially the story called With the Rich and Mighty. I like that one best. Really? Huh. I got the title from a Spanish peasant's proverb. With the rich and mighty, always a little patient. I like that. Tell me something, will you, Connor? Mm-hmm. When a man can write a book like this, how can you possibly do anything else? Well, <laughs> you'll, you'll never believe it, but uh, there are people in this world that have to work for a living. Yes, of course, but they buy books, don't they? Not if there's a library around. Oh. That book represents two solid years of work that netted Connor less than... Oh, heck, that's Dexter. Look, stand by, will you, Connor? I don't want to be alone with him. Well, well, there you are. I found you just where I thought you'd be. Fancy seeing you here. Yes, orange juice? Yes, certainly, thank you. Don't tell me you've forsaken your beloved whiskey and whiskeys. Oh, no, but I think a pale pastel shade would be a better color for me today. Yeah? How about you, Mr. Connor? Uh, you drink, don't you? Alcohol, uh, I mean. Uh, maybe a little. A little? And you a writer? Dexter, will you do something for me? Anything, Red. What? Please crawl into some small hole until after my wedding. Oh, well, I couldn't do that. At least not until I... Connor, don't miss a word. Don't miss a word. We're going to talk about me. Why not? You find the subject fascinating. You're far and away your favorite person in the world. Of course, Mr. Connor, she is generous to a fault. To a fault, Mr. Yes, Connor. Yes, except to other people's faults. Uh, for instance, to what used to be my deep and gorgeous thirst. It was disgusting. Uh, weakness, sure. And strength is your religion. Well, when I realized that I was not expected to be a loving husband and a good companion, but a kind of a high priest to a virgin goddess... Next why... are you... Well, then my drinks grew more frequent and deeper, that's all. Connor, don't you let him make you think... <laughs> why, he's gone. I like him. Dexter, what are you trying to make me out as? Uh, Red, what do you fancy yourself as? Uh, and what are you trying to do with this wedding to George? How can you even think of it? George Kitteridge is everything you're not. He's been poor, and he's had to work, and he's had to fight for everything, and I love him as I've never loved you. Really? You really are in love, then? Yes, and you needn't sound so contemptuous. Oh, I'm not, Red. Never of you. Oh, you could be the finest woman in the world if you could just learn to have some regard for human frailty. If only you would slip a little sometime, but I guess that's hopeless. Your sense of inner divinity will not allow that. This goddess must and shall remain intact. This woman must represent her class, a special class, the married maiden. So help me, Dexter, if you say another Pretty word, I... darling, you there by the pool? That's George? the new high priest. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll run along, Tracy. Uh, oh, I brought you a little wedding present. Sorry I didn't have any ribbon to wrap it up with. So long, Tracy. A present? I wonder what... Oh... Oh, there you are, my dear. I thought I'd run over and... Tracy, aren't you going to say hello? Yeah, yeah, hello, George. What's that you've got? Oh, just a wedding present. It's from Dext. 
A photograph? A picture of the true love. <laughs> the what? We sailed her up the coast of Maine and back the summer we were married. My, she was y'all. Y'all? What's that? It means, oh, easy to handle, quick to the helm, fast, bright, everything a boat should be. Until it develops dry rot. There, oh, there, now. He'll not upset you anymore. He never appreciated you anyway. Well, how could he? Anyone is wonderful. But, George, I... That's what I've always thought the first time I saw you. You're, you're like some marvelous, distant, oh, queen, I guess. There's a kind of beautiful purity about George. you. Just what everyone feels. They worship you, darling. George, listen. I don't want to be worshipped. I want to be loved. Oh, you're that, too. I mean, really loved. Well, of course. And now I'll have to hurry, darling. Big party tonight, you know. I'll pick you up around nine. Well, I... I... Hey, Connor. Connor, are you out there somewhere? Yeah, I'm back here in the dressing room. Were you calling me? Yes, I was. Connor, do you ever take a drink? <laughs> a drink? Oh, yes, yes, sometimes. Well, that's good. Let's go in and open a bottle of champagne. The second act of the Lady Esther Screenkill Show will follow in a moment. But first, a word from Lady Esther. Here's Pierre Farquhar. Ladies, may I have your attention, please? Have you heard what's new and smart in Easter hats? There are lots of styles to choose from. Adorable little hats made entirely of flowers. Perky bowlers with rolled-up brims. Bewitching bonnets to frame your face with beauty. But here's one style note that's the most important. The new spring hats are to be worn back off the forehead. They give the world a good look at your face. Well now, how about your skin? Will it have a lovely springtime look to show the world? It will if you use the new spring face powder shade called Bridal Pink. Lady Esther Bridal Pink is fashion right for spring and beauty right for you. Now, at last, you don't have to worry about which shade of face powder is right for you. Here, for the first time, is one shade of face powder that's right for four basic types of skin. If you're a blonde, bridal pink will dramatize your blondness, make your skin look softer and more alluring. If you're a brunette, Lady Esther Bridal Pink will intensify the contrast and make you look so much more romantic. If you're a brownette, Bridal Pink will give an exciting lift to your whole appearance. And if you're a redhead, Bridal Pink will wake up your skin and give it the life and warmth it needs to go with your hair. Buy a box of Bridal Pink tomorrow. Don't wait for spring. Start now and use this lovelier face powder shade that makes even a bride look more romantic. And now, Lady Esther presents the second act of the Philadelphia Story. Well, that bottle of champagne was just the first. Later, at a party of a neighboring estate, Tracy and Mike sampled quite a few more until George departed in a huff and left Mike to escort Tracy home. And that's where we find them now. 
just arriving with a bottle they brought along for the road. <laughs> well, well, here we are, Professor. <laughs> uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, you know, it's uh, funny. Uh, I never, I never noticed that lake before.
Shut up, shut up, old Mike. Mike, keep talking, keep talking, will you? What good is talk, Tracy? Tracy. <laughs> Golly. Golly, Moses. Nobody's ever kissed me like that before. Tracy. Oh. I oh. want to tell you something. Please, I, I, all of us, and I, I, I've got the shakes. Please, Tracy. Oh, but it, it, it's as though my, my insteps were melting away. Gee, what is it? I, have I got feet of clay or something? Tracy, you're oh. so lovely. Wait, wait, I know, I know. There's a moon, and, and it's warm, and, and we could go. Now? Yes, now, Mike. Put me in your pocket, and let's go swimming. Dexter, I had to tell someone. I could hardly wait till you got here this morning. Yes, but Dinah, my love, don't you think it was just a dream? Well, I can't be positive, but... Good morning. What? Oh, the bride. (laughs) In her wedding dress. Such a lovely day. Is everyone fine? I'm fine. That's fine. Well, how fine are you? I don't know what's the matter with me. I can hardly open my eyes. I know too much sun yesterday. Oh, yes. It's very easy to get too much. Tracy, you're not really going to, are you? Going to what? Mary George. After last night? Last night? What are you talking about? Tracy, don't you even remember? Remember what? I've been telling Dinah it was just a dream. A dream? What kind of dream? Well, last night, it was awfully late, I guess, I woke up, and I looked out of my window, and guess what I saw? What? Mr. Connor. Mike? Uh Uh-huh. Sort of coming from the pool with his arms full of something. What do you think that would be? What? You, and some clothes, and you were sort of... Crooning. I've never crooned a day in my life. Then what? Then he carried you into the house, and I could hear him take you into your room. Oh, Mike and I, well, I'm going crazy. I'm standing here on my own two hands going crazy. What else? Well, after that, he... Good morning, everyone. Well, morning, Connor. And how do you feel? Well, well... All right. What happened to your chin, Mike? My chin? Oh, man. Well, you see... Tracy, I didn't get to tell you. When Mr. Connor came out again, George was waiting for him. No. Yes, and Mr. Connor sort of got hit on the chin. George? No, me. Oh, you, Dex. You were there too, good grief. Why didn't you all sell tickets? I'll say Dexter was there. What a clip he gave me. Uh, well, I'm sorry, Mike. I thought I'd better hit you before George did mm. today. He's in much better shape than I am. Mm. Dex, Mike, will somebody please tell me what's happened before I go stark raving mad? On the level you don't you don't know? Of course I don't know. I don't remember anything. Oh, lucky Tracy. She's drawn a blank. Shut up, Dex. <laughs> Mike, you tell me. Well, you see... Tracy? Uh, Tracy? Yes, are you ready, darling? 
Well, the guests are all here, and the bishop's waiting. Oh, dear, where's George? George! Oh, good heavens! Oh, Tracy, I forgot he was here at ten, and he left this note for you. For me? Why, yes. I wonder what this could be. Oh, go on. Read it out loud, Red. Uh, we're all friends. Yes, I will. Listen to this. Quote, Your conduct last night was so shocking to my ideals of womanhood and my attitude towards you and the prospect of a happy and useful life together that... Tracy! Hello, George. Tracy, I didn't dream you'd... All these people? Why, it's only a letter. It's from a friend, and they're my friends, too. I thought I uh, ought to come in to explain. I mean, it's I... It's clear enough, George. You're chucking me over in good riddance. Well, after all, I have a point, you know. On the very eve of your marriage... Uh, just a minute, George. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell him what went on last night? All right. Well, exactly. Two kisses and one late-night swim, after which I deposited Tracy in her room, and... I left. You, you, you mean you mean to say that's all there was to it? I do. Why was I so terribly unattractive, Mike? So just so no, no, forbidding no, no. that you? No, 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 no. You, you, you were extremely attractive and far from distant or forbidding, but uh, you were also, um, well, uh, uh, pixelated, Red. Yeah, and there's rules about that kind of thing. Yes? Yeah. Well. Thank you, Mike. I think some men are wonderful. Yeah, you're welcome. Tracy, perhaps I was a little hasty. But, well, a man does expect his wife to... To behave herself, naturally. To behave herself naturally. <laughs> Will you please? Well, I'm sorry. Tracy, <laughs> if, if you're willing to let bygones be bygones... What do you say? Goodbye, George. I beg your pardon? I said goodbye. But, but, but we... You see, you're much too good for me, George. You're a hundred times too good. I'd make you most unhappy, most. Very well. That's how you want it. You know, possibly it's just as well. Good day. Well. Congratulations, Red. Or is that proper without a groom? Hold on, man. Hold on, hold on. Maybe, uh... Maybe we can make it proper. Tracy? Yeah, Mike? I got you into this. I'll get you out. Will you marry me, Tracy? No, Mike. Thank you, but mm -mm, no. Why not? Because I don't think that nice girl with the camera would like it. And I'm not sure that you would. And I'm even a little doubtful about myself. There goes your wedding music, Tracy. And besides, I made a mistake yesterday. I opened a wedding present too soon. A present without any ribbons on it. Red? Just a picture of a boat. A boat I don't think I'll ever forget. Red, I've got an old wedding license. The one we didn't use when we eloped. What do you say? Dux, Dex, are you sure? Not in the least, but I'll risk it with you. Uh, and, and you wouldn't be doing it just to save my face? Oh, why shouldn't I save it? It's a nice little face. Oh, Dex, 
I'll be y'all this time, darling. I promise I'll be y'all. You be whatever you like. You're my redhead. Are you all set? All set. Oh, never have I felt so full of love. Mike, how do I look? <laughs> like a queen. Like a goddess. You know that's funny, Mike. Because you know how I do feel. For the first time in my life, like a human being. You've been listening to the Philadelphia Story, adapted by Harry Crawford. This is the CBS Radio Network.